with floods, cyclone, earthquakes, pandemics, it's no surprise that the Salvation Army State of the Nation showed so many young people, 15 to 24, are reported as reported themselves as being highly distressed. And I'd have to say, I'm coming damn close to feeling anxious myself. It's taken a marriage breakup, the sale of a house, a pandemic, floods, cyclones, <laughs> lockdowns. But I finally think I understand where the anxiety is coming from. How do we handle the extra anxiety? Joining me now is Dr. Kirsty Ross, a senior clinical psychologist at Massey University. Good morning to you. Good morning. It's a lot, isn't it, for everybody to deal with? Yeah, and I, I think you've, you've hit on something really important. This hasn't just been... Um, what's happening now. This has been on the back of um, what is now years of really tough stuff and everyone's had their own individual tough stuff within the community, um, tough stuff. But um, people are really exhausted and it's difficult. Our emotions are very physical. We, We feel them in our body and they have a physical toll as well. So when we're um, having to deal with lots of hard things for a long period of time. Physically, we're exhausted, which can make some of those emotions feel a lot stronger um, and feel more difficult to manage. Yes, exactly, because, you know, to be hard enough to deal with a pandemic and lockdowns, then to have everything else on top of that, and then your own personal, perhaps, cancer diagnosis or relationship yeah. breakup, you know, that's all going on every single day that the macro things are happening. Absolutely, yep, absolutely. And and what um, becomes challenging in that situation is that part of what resilience is, we used to, um, resilience as a concept has sort of been redefined and reimagined over the decades, um, whereas once people sort of thought of someone as resilient or not, we now understand that it's not actually, you know, a, a an inherent thing within one person but actually it's a process and it's interpersonal so part of resilience is actually having social support and people to support you to be resilient Um, and when you are dealing with something difficult um, personal level within a community that's dealing with really difficult things it then can become a little bit more challenging to access that social support or what sometimes happens is people feel a little bit unsure about should I be reaching out to other people because they've got their own stuff to kind of deal with, look at what's going on. So what can also happen is people start to feel a little bit more isolated and managing their own stuff within these bigger community events. And you get bloody sick of being grateful, don't you? Oh, (laughs) yes, yes. Um, Look, I am a believer in gratitude, but I also am a really big believer in having a vent and a moan and um, and actually just being real and saying, you know, in various terminology, this is pretty rubbish right now. Um, and I think one of the risks sometimes when we think about what's called positive psychology and gratitude and so on is we forget to sit with the, with the um, not-so-good stuff first because um, we've all had experiences where we say something to someone and they'll say oh at least or they'll try and put a positive spin on it and actually we're kind of not ready for the positive yet we just sort of need to sit with this is really crap for a bit Um, and when we're given time and space to just express how difficult things are 
then our emotions actually settle. We feel a little bit calmer because we've been heard and we've been listened to and then we can go into some perspective taking. Then we can go into... Okay, but actually, what have we got to be grateful for? But yeah. if you if you're sort of forced into that too quickly, it can build up some resentment, yeah. and also to feel as though people aren't really understanding. This is really tough right now, and all you're wanting me to do is be grateful. Hold on a minute, you're clearly not getting how how difficult this is. Yeah, and it's also tough for people who like to fix things. You know, who like to yeah. right? Okay, well, this has happened. Right. Well, I'm going to yeah. do nothing because there's nothing I can do. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what I always suggest to people in that is that there's always something that you can do, but sometimes you need to zoom in a little bit. You need to kind of go really micro and you need to think about what is literally within your sphere of influence um, because there's some really big things going on right now across our nation and for many of us, we're not actually in a position to do a whole lot about that. Mm. But what we are in a position to do is to you know, reach out to someone and say, are you okay? Or to, you know, when the kids come home from school to really give them our attention and check in and see how they're doing to make sure that we are um, hydrating our bodies um, as well as we can, that we um, make sure that we eat the best food that we can, that we move our bodies, that we actually do some self-care. That stuff is within our control. Yep. But the big stuff, if we if we look too big, it can feel, can give people a sense of helplessness because it's like, oh my goodness, I can't even, I don't even know what to do about that. I don't even know if I can. So zoom into what you can control, what is within your control, and at least it feels as though you've got a little bit of control over something. Well, that's it. When I was obsessively checking the app on Sunday for the bloody cyclone, mm. you know, you just eat rubbish food, you drink, and yep. the moment you decide, yeah, no, this this hasn't helped in any way, shape or form. The moment you decide to go for the waters, to eat veggies, to spend quality time with the little ones who are in their own world so you, they can mm. take you into theirs, it's a wonderful mm. distraction. Mm. And a little bit of escapism is actually yep. really important. Um, so we talk about um, approach and avoidance strategies. So sometimes you need to approach something head on and you need to kind of go, okay, actually, I need to make some decisions here. I need to, there's some stuff I need to do. But actually, too much approaching something can kind of end you up in a bit of a, a loop where you sort of feel dragged into it and, and, and sucked into a vortex of, oh my goodness, and now I, I feel really stuck because I've sort of done all I can do and I'm still feeling like, you know, I, I'm feeling a bit stuck. So a little bit of, of avoidance is actually really useful. Avoidance mm. in the short term yeah. is actually really helpful. Avoidance long term never works because um, you can't avoid things forever. But a little bit of respite, like giving yourself a break from some of that tough stuff, what it does is it refuels your body and it refuels your brain. A little bit of escapism into, you know, playing with a three-year-old and mm. so on is absolutely wonderful. It gives you those positive, um, you know, neurotransmitters in your brain, which just helps to fuel you, give you a bit more energy, and then you can go back into the approach strategies of, right, now I need to find the insurance company or now I need to... Mm you know, do this or, you know, whatever it is that you next need to do. But you actually need to give yourself a bit of a break sometimes and that's that's actually really helpful. What about getting over that it's all my fault? I'm obviously a bad person. It hasn't happened to my next door neighbour. My home's been devastated. They've been saved. Or, you know, when your home's been damaged in the Auckland floods, then bashed again mm. in the cyclones. How do you get over mm. the why me? Why does this happen to me? 
Yeah, and I think that's a really natural kind of uh, response, actually, because, again, our brain is designed to look for answers. And, yeah. and why it does that is because if we can figure out why something happened, we can try and stop it from happening again. Yeah. And what we know most intimately is our own situation and ourselves. Um, and we're often quite good and protective of people around us and not wanting to blame other people. So what we often do is look at ourselves. What could I have done differently? Um, you know, and, and really in many of these situations, you know, whether you cleaned out your gutters or not, to be perfectly yeah. honest, really wasn't going to make a whole lot of difference. Um, but we try really hard to look for what could we do differently to stop this from happening again. Um, and we look for, you know, yeah, for for something or someone to blame. The situations where that's not really identifiable is, is quite tricky for people to accept that actually there are some things outside of our control. We can't control the weather. We, there's so much in Mother Nature that is um, beyond us can feel a little bit frightening for people but it's also important not to we call it kind of internalizing and and you know putting that blame on yourself when actually all that that's going to end up doing is you're going to end up being really negative towards yourself that's going to make you feel even worse um, but I, you know as much as there's been a community experience people have come into this experience with um, different histories. So yeah. there are some people who've already been experiencing some tough stuff who might be going, are you serious? On top of everything else yeah. is this. And that's where it can be hard to go, oh, so this is actually about me. This is, you know, yeah. I'm cursed or, you know, yeah. this is something about my life. That's not true. But it's a it's a understandable response for some people. But it is important to challenge that and go, okay, hold on a minute have had lots of tough stuff happen. This is another thing on top of that. I am feeling as though, why me? And that's okay. But actually, this wasn't within my mm -hmm. control. This isn't about me. This was actually something that, you know, I'm not responsible for. Thank you very much for your advice, Dr. Kirsty Ross, Associate Professor, Senior Clinical Psychologist at Massey University.